good evening. It's good to see each of you tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we will get started. Father, thank you again for this day. Thank you for this time that we have to be back together tonight. I pray that you would use this message to speak to our hearts. I pray, Lord, that we would be open and attentive. I pray that you would help us to allow you to speak to our heart in whatever fashion you would see best, that you would see fit. I pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this evening we're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 23. Matthew chapter three is 23 is where we're going to be. Now, as you're finding your place there, I want to share a story with you that is intended to illustrate a principle that I'm going to explain in just a couple of moments. But this past Monday, I was here at the church getting some work done, and you may remember Monday was a little bit warmer than usual, uh, at least for this week, and uh, really it turned out to be kind of hot. And so I was leaving the church, and as I was pulling out of the driveway, I noticed across the street there was a woman walking down the road. And as she was walking down the road, here is what I observed, that it was almost, if not completely, impossible for her to walk a straight line. She was swerving all over the place. She was in the grass. She was on the pavement. She was on the grass. She was on the pavement. I realized that she was barefoot, and just everything about her appearance made it look as though she was impaired by some kind of a substance. Things just did not look normal. Things did not look right. And again, as I was watching all this for just a few seconds, because she was past my line of sight or where she could not see me, I had this thought cross through my mind that I needed to offer some kind of help. I thought to myself, I need to volunteer to give her a ride. Something is not right. Something is not normal. So I had in my mind I needed to help this lady however possible. And then you know what this is like when you have one thought immediately followed up by another thought. You've been there, right? So I immediately have this thought, you need to help, you need to do something to, to try to aid her in whatever way that you can. And immediately after that, this thought came to mind, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Are, are you serious that you would even invite her into the car with you? What if she is strung out on something? What, what if there is some kind of an impairment there? Imagine for just a moment, Kyle, what you could be accused of if you brought a lady into your car all by yourself with no witnesses on your behalf proving that you did nothing wrong. So you know what it's like to have all these thoughts running through your head at about 100 miles an hour. And so as I sat there for just a couple of more seconds, I did what I believed to have been the right thing and the wise thing with a little bit of sadness, truly, and a little bit of brokenness that I was not able to help, I pulled off, and I have no idea what happened to the lady. Now, the point of that story is this. I believe it is a sad day in our culture when you cannot try to help someone because you're afraid of what all the implications against you might be. 
You would agree with that, right? That it is a sad day in our culture, it is a sad day in our society when you're saying to yourself, I'd really like to help, I'd really like to do something on behalf of this person, but I've also got to kind of think about what it could happen or what it could do to me if things were to backfire. And so it's kind of a sad day when you see that happening in your society or the culture that you're a part of. I thought of this as I was continuing my thoughts in relation to this message. Isn't it kind of a sad day when we have to warn our kids about so many different dangers? So many different things that face them, so many different things that that, that they encounter. Isn't it amazing the things that we have to warn kids against that were never an issue in our day as young people? It's a sad day, in my opinion, when you have to question the integrity of almost everyone that you come into contact with, not because you're a cynic, but, but, but because it's, it's the world that we live in where it seems like so few people do have integrity these days. And there are so many other areas that I could point to and say it's a sad day when this is true, it's a sad day when this is true, but you get the point, you get the idea of what I'm trying to communicate Every once in a while, we just get hit in the face, so to speak, with these realities that we have no control over and we have no ability to change. And we would say this, man, it's sad when that is so. When this is the state of affairs, when this is the condition of society, that's a pretty sad place we have found ourselves in. While that is true, you know this to be the case as well, that this is not new to our generation. Would you agree with that? That is not some principle that is new to this generation. I remember years and years ago, my dad saying this, when he and my mom got married, he questioned whether or not they should have children because of everything that was going on in their world at the time. You know, so 40 years ago, 45 years ago, my parents were were looking at the landscape of society and saying, is this really the kind of world that we want to raise our children in? It's kind of a sad day that they even had to entertain that question 45 years ago. But even thousands of years ago, there were those moments and there were those times when realities hit people That people, if they were honest, would have to say this. Well, that's kind of sad that that's where we're at. That's kind of sad that this is what we've come to in our society. But again, it's been going on forever. So with that in mind, by way of principle, and we're now in Matthew chapter 23... I want to share just a little bit of context with you on this. You may already be aware of this. You may already be my, already you may already be mindful of this. But in Matthew chapter 23, we have what is the last public message that Christ was going to speak in his ministry. Obviously, Christ is going to say many other words. He's going to have many other conversations, but this would be his last message from a public standing or from a a public viewpoint. And in this final message, here is what he is going to do. 
he is going to speak of the scribes and the Pharisees. And in doing so, here is what he will also do. He will scorch them for how they live. He is going to nail their hide to the floor, so to speak. He is going to take them to task. He is going to reveal so many of the issues that plagued them. And as you think about what Christ had to say of the Pharisees, it is no wonder that they hated him and despised him. Would you agree with that? It is no wonder that the Pharisees and the scribes hated Christ because he showed them absolutely no mercy for how they lived. And so as we think about that, notice in verse number four what Christ said. He said, For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be born, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. So what did Christ say of the scribes and the Pharisees? He just said this, They will demand things of you that they themselves are not willing to do. In verse number 5, he said, But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogues. And so what Christ said is this, is that the Pharisees and the scribes, they love what they get from the position they hold. They enjoy all the attention. They enjoy everything that they receive from this. And you look down in verse number 13, he begins to make these statements. He says, but woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. This is where Christ begins calling them hypocrites. He says, you're nothing but fakes. You're nothing but phonies. You're nothing but actors. You're nothing but play role people. Uh, You're nothing but people who just go through the motions. He said, you are hypocrites. He said, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. Woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say... Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing, but whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. And Christ just continues on with this heavy, intense rebuke of everything they stood for and everything they practiced. Again, it comes as no surprise that the Pharisees and the scribes would hate and despise Christ. And yet here is what is amazing if you think about this. As ungodly and as wicked as the Pharisees were, and as wicked and as ungodly as the scribes were, in their day, in their system, in the manner in which things worked, they were the ones who were still in charge of the religious system that the Jews were subjected to. So imagine this for just a moment. You have, a, you have an extremely corrupt religious environment. The, the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, 
Christ has called them hypocrites, and everyone knows they are hypocrites, and yet that is who is in charge of the religious system that God had put in place for them in that day. I would think we would agree that that would be a tough situation to find yourself in. Here you are, a Jew, here you are, a child of God, and you are commanded by God to be involved in this religious system in order to be obedient to God, and yet everyone over you, generally speaking, has no integrity whatsoever. A tough position to be in. So all that in mind... Notice what Christ says in verse number 1. In verse number 1 it says, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples. So how many people are present? We don't know. We just know that it's a large number in addition to the disciples. And Jesus speaking to them says in verse number 2, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So what is Christ saying? He's saying what I just said, that they sit in this seat or this position of authority. All right, the Pharisees sat in this seat of Moses. They sat in this seat of authority. They were the ones who held all the cards, so to speak. And so he goes on to say in verse number three, all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that observe and do. So what did Christ just tell the multitude, and what did Christ just tell the disciples? He just said this. He said, those who are in charge, those who are in this place of authority, that being the scribes and the Pharisees, he said, whatsoever they bid you observe, that do and observe. Now what are they? They are complete hypocrites. That's what Christ began saying in verse number 4, down through much of the chapter. They are complete hypocrites. They, they are not at all real in who they are by way of their love for the Lord or their religious activity. They are in it for themselves. And yet here is what Christ said. He said, whatsoever they bid you observe, observe and do it. I find this interesting that Christ was not worried about the messenger as much as he was the message. To the extent that the Pharisees and the scribes tell you the word of God, he was saying to the multitude and to the disciples, you have an obligation and you have a responsibility to do it. It does not matter that they're hypocrites. It does not matter that they lack integrity. It does not matter that they are fakes and they are phonies. As they present unto you the truth of the word of God, he says, what they tell you to observe, observe and do it. But he goes on to say this, but do not ye after their works, For they say and do not. Now I know that this is simple to understand. I I know that we can all grasp this with a very quick reading of these words. But think about this. Christ said of the hypocrites, the scribes and the Pharisees, whatever they bid you to observe, do it, observe it, obey it. 
engage in the activity that they tell you to do, but he said, do not do after their works. Because what they say and what they do are two totally different things. So you've got the religious leaders who sit in this seat of authority and Christ has to tell his people of the religious leaders, do what they tell you so long as it's in accordance with my truth and what you've already been given. Do what they tell you to do. Just don't do what they do. Did I say that right? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think Christ said that with the light spirit about him. I don't think Christ said that just somewhat flippantly, and I don't think he had that cute little cliche in mind of do as I say, not as I do. I think when Christ had to speak these words to the multitude and to his disciples, listen, of the Pharisees and the scribes who sit in this position of authority, you want to do what they say. You just don't want to do what they do. I think because Christ understood better than we ever could the magnitude of their hypocrisy, I think Christ had to have said that not only with a hint of anger or frustration, but also a hint of some sadness and some brokenness. Christ realized that he was living in a day that he could not point the people to the religious leaders and say, follow not just what they say, but also what they do. Christ realized he had to say, ignore their actions, just listen to what they say. And I think to an extent, not trying to put words in the mouth of Christ, but I think to an extent it is fair to say this, that Christ would express some kind of a sentiment that sounded like this, that it's a sad day when you cannot recommend the actions of the spiritual leaders who are over you. Would we agree to such a sentiment? What a sad, sad commentary on the culture and society that we are living in when we cannot point people to religious leaders and say, don't just follow what they say, follow what they do. What a sad commentary on the society they were a part of. And this evening, I just want to share this by way of thought and by way of principle, that the same truth applies today, that it is a sad day when people cannot look to the actions of those who sit in a place of authority from a spiritual standpoint and be able to be told this, don't just follow what they say, also follow what they do. That's a sad day today that the same thing still has to be said. Okay, I'm going to ask one more time. Did, did that come out the way I meant for it to come out? It is unfortunate that we are living in a day like this where so many religious leaders 
by way of lifestyle, it is found to be true that what they preach and what they live are two totally different things. It is a sad day in our society, and I know that you know this, but I want us to think about this. It is a sad day in our society when you begin to realize that so many religious leaders today don't have better marriages than what they have. When you hear more and more stories about how how the marriages are more partnerships than they are anything else, or or the marriages dissolve because of, of so many different reasons, I'm just trying to remind us today, friends, that that is a sad commentary on our culture. If anyone should be an example of how to have a marriage that honors the Lord, how to have a marriage that honors God, should it not be the religious leaders of today? Of course it should be. It should be that I could say to you, to some young person, hey, listen, if you want to have a good marriage, if you want to have a marriage that honors God, it should be that I could say to them, don't just listen to what I say, watch what I do and do the exact same thing and you'll have a marriage that is happy and one that honors God. That's what I should be able to say, right? If I'm not able to say that, then how sad is that? I ought to be able to say to a young family with small children, any person in the religious world who is in a place of authority, in a position of leadership, they should be able to say to that family with small children, listen, if you want to raise children that grow up to serve the Lord and honor the Lord in their lives, Here is what you do. You not only listen to what I say, but you follow what we did. I should be able, as well as all other religious leaders, I should be able to say that. And if I can't, it is a sad day. I should be able to say this. In this crazy, messed up world, here is how you maintain your integrity. Don't just listen to what I say. Watch what I do and do the exact same thing. If I can't, if some religious leader can't say those words to someone who needs some help in establishing or maintaining or rebuilding their integrity, if I can't say, don't just listen to what I say, but do what I do, that is a sad day in our society. I wish some of you seemed like you agreed with this more. It's an unfortunate thing if a preacher lacks integrity, if a religious leader is really nothing more than a scam artist. It's a sad commentary. Any blank that you want to fill in in the areas of life that have any significance at all, It is a sad position that we find ourselves in if religious leaders, pastors, cannot say to those who need the help, those who are looking up to them, it is a sad, sad day 
when they cannot say, come here and follow my example and do what I do. When, when the lack of integrity exists within the leadership of ministry, it is a hurt and it is a detriment to everyone involved. An entire nation was hurt and an entire nation was hindered. For what reason? Because they were being led by men who were absolute fakes and phonies and frauds because they were hypocrites. Whenever religious leaders are incapable of saying, again, come on, just do what I do and you're going to be what you're supposed to be, if that can't be done, it's a sad day. Somebody may say, well, Brother Kyle, you're, you're really stressing that. You've said that so many times throughout the course of this message. It's a sad day if. It's a sad day when. It's a sad day should this take place. Right. I, I've said it many times. You know why? Because it's a sad day if. Now, this evening, while holding on to that principle, I want us to consider one more thing. This may surprise you, but it's a sad day when religious leaders are not able to say, come on, do as I do. But I want us to consider this. Again, by way of principle, it is no less of a sad day if God's people cannot say to others, come here, do as I do, and you're going to be fine. I I understand that a preacher needs to have some integrity. I understand the preacher needs to have some consistency. I understand the preacher needs to be real. I understand that the preacher needs to be what he is supposed to be, and his family is supposed to be what they're supposed to be, not just on Sundays in front of the church family, not just in certain environments where the preacher is kind of in the spotlight, so to speak. I understand my responsibility in what I should be offering by way of an example. But friends, you've got to realize something about yourself. That it is no less of a requirement of you as a child of God to be an example than it is of anyone else. You are going to come into contact with people that I will never have contact with. I know I've mentioned this before. I know I have mentioned this in the past. But what you need to be able to say to those people in your life is this. Don't just do what I say if you will also do what I do you will be living in obedience to the word of God and you'll be living a life that honors and pleases him. That's what you should be able to do.
you as an individual should be able to say, and I know that I touch on this often, but I'm going to do it again, you should be able to say to your spouse, maybe when they're struggling, maybe when they're going through a difficult time, maybe when when things are not easy for them, you need to be able to say to them, come on, I, I understand you're struggling right now. You just do what I'm doing and you just follow my lead and we're going to get through this. That should be what we're able to do. I'm just telling you, though, it's not always that way. And that's a sad day. I'm saying to you tonight, not because I'm trying to preach at you, I'm just trying to remind you. We need to be able to sit down, look our kids in the eyes and say this. We're not just telling you what to do. We're showing you what to do. And if you'll follow our example, you're going to come out good on this. In what area? In every area that would be important to our children. If we can't say that to our children, it is a sad day. If we've got family who do not walk with the Lord, if we've got family who are struggling and fledgling in their relationship with the Lord and, 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 and living for Him, we, you, all of us, we have this responsibility to be living in such a way that we can say to them, don't just listen to what I preach at you. Don't just listen to what I say to you. You just follow my example and you'll be fine. That should be what we're able to say to them. And if we're not able to, what is it? It's a sad day. It's a sad day. That person you work beside. That person that you deal with on a regular basis. Whose life is a mess. Whose life is in in ruins. Whose life is just one act of chaos after another, you should be able to say to them, listen, don't just listen to what I tell you. Do what I'm doing and you will see things begin to turn around in your life. And if we're not able to say it, and if we're not able to live it, then again, we know what it is. It's a sad day. God's people, not just in positions of leadership, God's people across the board should be able to look at anyone at any time in any set of circumstances and say this, Follow my lead, and it's going to turn out the way it ought to turn out. Follow my example, and you're going to have an end result that will be pleasing. That's what it should be. Now tonight, I want you to know I'm not hurling accusations at anyone in the room. I'm just saying, painting with a broad brush, generally speaking, here's what's unfortunate. 
so many people who identify as children of God. They know what to say, but their example is not at all what it ought to be. It's not that they don't say the right words. It's not that their message isn't on point. It is on point. They're saying all the right things, but the problem is this. The message and the lifestyle do not not coincide with one another at all. That should not be true of you any more than it should be true of anyone else. I'm asking you tonight to just be honest before God because that is the only one that it truly matters with. But I am asking you before God to answer this question. Can we honestly tell people, follow my example, do as we do, and you will reap the benefit of the outcome? Can we honestly encourage people to follow our example, or would we have to say this, yeah, you probably don't want to do what we do, but I can tell you what you ought to do. Are we living in such a way that we could say to anyone who would need some help, who would need some advice, who could use some instruction, are we living in such a way that we could say, follow me? If not, how sad. Because God's people ought to be living differently than everyone else in this world. And because of that, our outcome should be different than everyone else's in the world. And a lot of people in the house of God simply are not doing it. What about us? We can only answer for ourselves. We're the only ones we have control over. Are we the example we ought to be? Let's all stand tonight and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this evening. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be willing to consider our lives, our testimony, our example. Lord, it's a sad thing. If someone in here tonight, their example would be just the opposite of what it ought to be. Lord, regardless of the area, we should be able to say, do it this way as we are doing it, and and the obedience will be there. God, would you speak to our hearts tonight? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.